So next, we're going to speak to Dr. Buzz Jinnah, Professor of Neurology at Emory University and the chair of the Dystonia Study Group here at the MDS. He's going to tell us a little bit about some of the things here at the MDS Congress that have interested him in the field of dystonia. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. In the area of dystonia, I should first start out by saying that this is not one disorder, but it's actually a group of related disorders that that uh, share certain features of excessive muscle contraction and abnormal postures. So it's kind of hard to pick any one or two presentations that are particularly interesting or fascinating because there's so many different ones. So what I'd like to do instead is organize the new information into two categories. The first category relates to sort of the basic biology of these disorders and understanding of their pathogenesis. And the second category relates to new treatments and new treatment trials. So if we begin with uh, some of the interesting advances in the basic sciences and pathogenesis of dystonia, I guess I would point to one thing that seems to be a common theme for many of the studies being recently reported, and that is that there are developmental mechanisms that we didn't know about. So, of course, for childhood onset dystonias, it's probably a, a developmental problem. But what we're starting to learn is that there are transient developmental defects that may affect the brain, and then the disorder may come out in adults. And this may be one of the reasons why it's been so difficult to find out what's wrong with the brain in patients with dystonia, because those transient developmental mechanisms are gone when you look at an adult. So now we have a whole new area of things to look at that may have to go somehow backward in time. And typically this would be done with animal models or maybe developmental models in cell biology. So this is one of the major themes I think that uh, people will need to become aware of in the near future. Uh, a related topic is the, the biological and molecular mechanisms that cause dystonia. So there have been enormous advances for many different subtypes of dystonia in this arena. And there are so many of them that I probably can't review them all here. Uh, just let me leave it at that, that there are so many different subtypes and we're learning about each one individually. So the second category of advances has been very interesting, and it relates to new treatments and new treatment trials in particular. So for years, we have had as our mainstay of treatment of the dystonias uh, botulinum toxin injection into the overactive muscles, and when that doesn't work well enough, then we go on to surgery, for example, deep brain stimulation, uh, which works very well in some of the generalized dystonias. Now, we have known for years that these are good treatments, but we've also known for years that they're not 100% effective, and we can probably do better. So I think for the first time in really decades, we have seen a series of new treatment trials with the idea that we can bring new therapies to the population of patients with dystonia. There have been three new treatment trials where the details have recently been released. Two of them relate to a disorder called pantothenate kinase-associated neurodegeneration, and one of them relates to a rare disorder called GLUT1 deficiency syndromes. And for both of these trials, the, uh, the basic premise was built upon the, the understanding of the basic biology and the basic science. So these trials were among the first I think that of many that will soon to become in the near future. Now, neither of these trials showed a dramatic benefit from the medications, but I think we learned a lot about the treatment trial and the process of 
of doing uh, treatment trials in dystonia, which we haven't had for a long time. And these new treatment trials, together with the advances in the basic sciences that I mentioned earlier, I think open the door to a lot of new opportunities uh, in the future and a lot of promise uh, for new things that could be developed in the near future. That's very interesting and really exciting that we might be on the precipice of something that's actually potentially disease modifying as opposed to pure symptomatic treatment, which we've been relying on for some time. I wanted to also ask you if there's anything else going on in the Movement Disorder Society or in the dystonia community at large that you are particularly enthused about. Yes. So at this meeting, one of the nice things is we have a new dystonia study group. And this study group is going to be a cooperative effort from many people in the Movement Disorder Society from many different countries. And I think this is a way forward for uh, disorders like dystonia, where it's difficult for us individually to collect a lot of patients to study. So when we have these cooperative research groups uh, together, I think we can make advances more quickly.